It's the Law and Business Podcast, hosted by Anthony Verna. We tackle the hard issues where law and business intersect to help you understand your business's legal obligations better. Anthony's law practice is focused on trademark, copyright, other intellectual property, and advertising and promotion law. You can contact him at anthony at vernalaw.com and at 212-729-5651. And now, the Law and Business Podcast. Welcome to the Law and Business Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm here with Oz. I will let you plug away, Oz Sultan. Sure, I'm Oz Sultan. I am a uh, digital media and strategy consultant uh, that does three things. We build strategy for startups and uh, mid-tier to large brands. Uh, we put together exciting social media programs, like what we've done for Xbox and um, The Economist. And uh, uh, recently, we're, we're launching an analytics dashboard, which I'll probably be talking about more on the internets inside of the next uh, few weeks. So if you have big data problems, I have a solution that makes them simple and easy to present to your executives. And we all have big data problems. Exactly. Um, so... I'm glad we're putting this together. So, so we're on Periscope. If um, you're watching live, and if you're listening, then it's the podcast, and it's not live. Right. And, 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 uh, <laughs> you, you can also apparently because Periscope records, you can go back and watch this later at your leisure. <laughs> so, welcome, welcome to the home office. Excellent. All right. So, social media. I think a lot of people thought think of social media as Facebook. And LinkedIn and maybe Twitter. I mean, well, Twitter is social media, but I think a lot of people are locked into that. Mm -hmm. But today we're seeing Instagram obviously pop up, Pinterest, and Pinterest and Instagram being very different ways of sharing photos. Right. And, I mean, obviously other social media and, and IM apps, Yik Yak, mm -hmm. uh, coming around uh, now that Periscope is here. And we're, well, you know, um, you have Periscope and fighting. So how is social media change? Changing. Let's start there. How is social media changing? And maybe I'll touch upon some legal ramifications. Sure. I, as mean, it I think I think we can look at look at kind of two things. So social used to be conversational. You know, going back to 08, it was conversational mediums for which you can find other people, talk to other people. Then it became brand building across conversational mediums. Um, then it extended into Facebook with Facebook ads becoming you know brand platforms. Now what we have is brand e-commerce uh, on Facebook through Shopify. Nice plug for Ed Alkerton there. Um, and uh, you know, a variety of other mediums. And kind of bringing into this foray, so we saw the popularity of Meerkat at South by this year. Mm -hmm. We're also seeing you know Periscope a couple days later just launching. Um, I think what you're looking at is you're looking at the same shifts in social that you saw in radio and television maybe about 60 years ago. So... All of a sudden, you know, when radio came out, people were like, no, 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 television, bad, bad, very bad. <laughs> and, um, and, and now what you have is you have brand adoption problems, right? Because things are shifting. So we have, sure. we've shifted from a conversation economy to a platform economy with LinkedIn and Facebook and the like. And now we're, we're shifting to a video economy. Um, and and there, there's also a secondary conversation mm -hmm. economy coming. With things like Twitch, with their acquisition of Justin Television, um, uh, as well as you know, looking at all of the associated gaming plays that are now coming into the foray. 
you know, a couple a couple thoughts come come to mind. One is that with my clientele, mm-hmm. and and for those of you who you know don't remember, my my law focus is intellectual property and advertising law. Mm-hmm. Um, he also but, does fashion. That's actually where we, we met. Speaking we did meet at, at yes. fashion group in yes. New York City. Um, but I always think of that as intellectual property for the fashion rather than fashion law. Like, to me, there's no such thing as fashion law. But anyway, anyway, um, I'm, I'm digressing. So there's a television show that thinks they have fashion Gotcha. Law, but. <laughs> um, but one, for my clientele, they're not really seeing a return of things like Facebook ads mm-hmm. or even having a Facebook page. They're not really seeing a return on their time investment. And, and two, you mentioned gamification. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to sit here and say that gamification is feeling passe, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that's feeling as if gamification is feeling passe. So, so I'll take your thoughts on on, on those two higher Sure. I thoughts. mean, I, I think if you were building a brand and you need to look at, you know, you have to look at it from the perspective of are we building this brand for visibility? Are we building this mm-hmm. brand for lead generation? Or are we doing both and trying to drive sales? If it's visibility... You know, you, you use all of the usual suspects. You use Facebook, you use Twitter, mm-hmm. you use LinkedIn, maybe inside of groups to kind of push a perspective. Right. Instagram really becomes sort of the taste making of, you know, what, what you are. And, you know, right. it, it gives people sort of a flavor and feel. It shows what the product can, can be. Mm-hmm. You, you know, with Instagram, it's great because you can show what the product is. You can show how to use it. You can how show exactly how it's made. You can make people, if it's made in a way that feels... Um, uh, good right. and, and and we can we you can define that however you want to define it. Uh, you can show how it's made and make the consumers feel good about buying the product as well. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that that can be done from an advertising standpoint on 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 Instagram. Well, then that ties into Pinterest, right? So Pinterest and Instagram have become one of the major harbingers of hey, you can drive e-commerce, you can drive sales. Um, there's also I think an, a misunderstanding because there's levels inside of advertising. Mm-hmm. So if you're a small and medium-sized business who's spending less than $1,000 a month in any of the you know AdWords, Facebook ads, right. Instagram ads, Twitter ads, sponsored tweets, that sort of thing, you may not see a lot of yield. And I think what you need to figure out is where is your audience and how do you best get to the audience with that plus content plus the content you develop and, and maybe even sponsored content. If you're a mid-sized company, you know, Facebook ads really sort of work, combined with an AdWords strategy, combined with an outbound strategy for your digital advertising. Mm-hmm. And if you're a much larger brand, um, take, uh, you know, take a, a car brand like Chevy or something mm-hmm. like that, you have variegated segments of spend that are then broken across multiple spenders or agencies. Um and you want to tie that information back together. So, so to, to that point, I think the problem is emblematic of what's going on in the industry right now because there's just too much, right? Sure. Um, and bringing that back, you know, maybe giving more analytics capability, dashboarding, mm-hmm. something like that helps. But at, at, at the end of the day, I think it's really kind of having a cozy, cohesive strategy. Now, sure. to the, the second piece that you were talking about, um, which was, you know, inside of this large shifting world that that we're in what do you do i think it's kind of like you know how podcasts became de rigueur uh a couple months ago all all of a sudden serial came out and serial is huge serial's huge i would say freakonomics the freakonomics podcast has been around like what three years now at at, at least then he has 
Amazing hero like ancient aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm in no <laughs> no position to talk about hair. That that's for sure. But but uh, you know a lot of a lot of traditional radio talk shows mm-hmm. put a podcast out. You know, I mean, basically basically recording of that day show. But right. you can listen on demand. I mean, you can listen on demand. I mean, that seems to be the real mm-hmm. key. Now, but yes, podcasts have become de rigueur because people are tuning in, whether it's something new uh, or it's something traditional now sent on a podcast. Right. So, I mean, I think the, the, the challenge there is, okay, you're a brand on any one of those levels, small, medium, and large. What do you do? How do you engage? Um, I think a lot of it's really going back to how the industry was you know, built in 2008. Mm-hmm. You had marketers that were institutionalized like PR firms, marketing firms, big marketing houses, right. that sort of stuff, you know, publicists, everyone knows sure. owns half of the industry. Um, <clears throat> what you're getting now is specialized agencies, but I think it really kind of comes down to finding folks inside of your um, conversational space or maybe inside of your influencer space that actually are doing this. And, and like what we're doing today with Periscope, you know, Periscope is barely a month old, and this is our first Periscope, and so we are we're testing the medium. But I think you you can't be afraid to test the medium, and you can't right. be afraid to dip your toes in the water. Sure. And look, you know, if you you make a mistake, as long as it's not something egregious, kind of like American Airlines mm-hmm. did with the uh, the nude lady photo. Right, um, right. We we all <laughs> we don't need to go into that. We all remember yeah. that. Um, or you know some some of the the more recent things like. Uh, you know, Edmonds with not guilty. Um, so the yes. Casey Anthony verdict, like yes. at least your social media person can go and look at what the fricking hashtag is. <laughs> you know, you can't say we feel not guilty about you know, you eating our tasty cakes. And people are like, uh, you do know that's about someone who potentially allegedly killed her child. <laughs> you, you know, I want to go back to an earlier point that you made. And that is if, if you're, if, if a business is pushing a brand out hmm? because, that really goes to the heart of what our law practice is in terms right. of of protecting trademarks. But more than that, it's doing the due diligence. Mm-hmm. Because I'm finding a lot of smaller businesses mm-hmm. aren't necessarily doing the due diligence. They just want to push things out right. and, and damn the consequences. And for a lot of them, they're finding out that... They're get they're finding out that that trademark law doesn't work the way that they think it does. No. So that they're pushing out brands that might be similar mm-hmm. to a bigger company, and their goods and services might be similar. And they're getting cease and desist letters, and they're getting sued, mm-hmm. and they they sit there and they say, I, I don't necessarily know how it happened. On the same token, it's really about that due diligence, and, and for you know for us for our philosophy, the. The due diligence is king, and it's mm. seeing before you start pushing things out. It's about finding what else is out there, what's in the universe of the proposed, you know, trademark or brand name, and seeing right. who 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 could potentially sue you. Because you know, we don't want we don't want a small business to be the victim of a suit. We want a small business not to be a defendant to actually grow. Right. Uh, you know, I think that, that that speaks to a lot of laziness. I think on the part of of well, you, you know, it's like look, if you are thinking that you can dip your toes in and you're just, you're not necessarily uh, doing any kind of research. I mean, this is not complicated stuff, okay? You can go to Twitter 
there's a hundred different trend tools out there. You could use something like Hootsuite, and you can just go in, and you can actually set right. reports to look at these things. And, and what you should be doing is, you know, it's like Sun Tzu said, look at the ground. You know, understand the ground so it's not shifting beneath your feet. Um, but the other thing to look at, too, is the concept of co-option, right? So even going back to, like, MySpace, I was having a conversation with this uh, with a colleague who's a, a director of innovation yesterday. Um, and I think one of the things is that, you know, brands didn't know what to do way back when, when, uh, all of a sudden people were co-opting their brand and like putting Adidas logos all over their MySpace. <coughs> we haven't necessarily seen this in the translation to Facebook, but what we have seen is people using brands, logos, brands, identities, Excuse me, in ways that the brand might not want. But, well, sure. But the thing is, on the brand side, they have to think about what is that doing at the end of the day to drive popularity and engagement for that brand. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you, you just don't want to do anything. On the opposite side, to your point, if you're a smaller brand and you might be encroaching on a larger brand, do a little bit of research. I mean, run a, run a couple of queries. If, if, if you're going to Google a recipe, it's not hard enough to, to Google... Uh, you know, to see if there's some competitors out there who are larger sure. than you with more money. And and for those of you on Periscope, I'm holding up this big, gigantic, thick book. How, how for the podcast listeners, how how thick is this book, Oz? It's about two inches. <laughs> it is 601 pages. Yeah. This is a a trademark search report from Thomson Reuters, and we we order these for every single new trademark that. A client gives us, and it mm -hmm. gives us the data of what's been filed in the in the patent and trademark office. What's actually we actually get a Google search. Mm -hmm. So what's used there? We get state, you know, uh, state corporate names. I mean, this sucker is big, and that's a part of well, not being lazy. Well, I think that's, that's another thing to kind of keep in mind. Okay, just look at look at. Oh yeah, you can't see the. You can't <laughs> see the. So, so just keeping in mind, you know, this this is for you when you're kind of creating a brand. So. Not saying that you have to do this kind of a thing, right? But go to the freaking USPTO. Go to go to a couple of these sites. Do your research. Do your due diligence before you, you know, go off half cocked <laughs> and find out. Uh, I don't know. It's a cease and desist, or or even worse, you end up looking like a clown in social <laughs> media um, because this is this is the era where we are not tar and feathering you physically. It's happening metaphorically, and that doesn't go away for a long period of time. You know, I, and, and by the way, I am saying you need to, <laughs> to get one of those reports. But that said, um, you know, that, that, yeah, that, so that's new, me and my if, philosophy. If you have a new but, brand, make sure you do a trademark search. Right. Um, can, can you give examples of, of brands being tarred and feathered by um, either the choice of a new brand name for a new product that, that a company might have or for even the choice of a, of a poor hashtag on Twitter because because I've talked often about how hashtags on Twitter are like trademarks mm -hmm. when brands use them because they're like mar they're advertising slogans at that point. Well, the, the first one that kind of comes to mind, which is uh, very topical today, is the Apple iWatch or the Apple Watch, so to speak. <laughs> So, um, right, Apple, it's not iWatch. Apple will not be, well, first of all, they weren't allowed to use iWatch because iWatch is trademarked in Switzerland. The trademark was filed, I think, like 20 years ago. Secondarily, Apple Watch, Apple will not be able to sell 
their watch in Switzerland until the end of December this year because there's an existing trademark in Switzerland that expires, I think it's December 25th, for Apple Watch. I didn't know that. Yeah. So did they make a deal with with the owner so just to no, make sure you, that it they, expires? They, they currently cannot sell the Apple Watch in Switzerland until December. So if you were in Switzerland, as I have no idea if any of our viewers are... <laughs> Um, you know, go go drive down to Italy. There's this lovely country called Germany, <laughs> or Germany. So the there's, there's also France. <laughs> and then get yourself an Apple Watch. Uh, Liechtenstein. Go to Liechtenstein. You could go to Liechtenstein. <laughs> I don't know if there's an Apple store in Liechtenstein. <laughs> Although I know you can no. you can rent Liechtenstein. That's a little ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I think we're being a little silly, but that's okay. Um, so. You know, go, you know, thinking about the Entenmans and the not guilty mm-hmm. <laughs> problem. I mean, I mean, what examples can can, well, can we I, find? I think, of I think a bad lot, I think a lot of what you want to avoid is you want to do if you're using a hashtag for a campaign, you mm-hmm. you want to make sure that it's not co-opting, say, uh, um, co-opting a culture, co-opting a religion, co-opting things right. like that. Um, there's a, there's a campaign right now, um, I would look up the hashtag right now, but my phone is recording, uh, which, I think it's not my, hashtag not my culture, which is kind of an anti, the, the, it's the appropriation of the use of bindis or the Hindu religious dot by attendees of Coachella. So it's, you know, in, in effect, uh, a very postmodern, um, appropriation of culture, which which is being chastised there, and we, we've seen this with blackface and a lot of other things going on recently. Um, in terms of really bad hashtags uh, that are culturally or politically insensitive or just absolutely useless, um, I actually think I'd go with much longer hashtags that that your company doesn't get because they don't understand the medium. And um, to that end, uh, you know, Game of Thrones got it right with GOT. Um, and that actually could be a good segue for, for Game of Thrones. But some of some of the hashtags around Ferguson have gotten a lot of stations, um, a lot of folks in hot water. Um, similarly, anything that has to do with uh, political issues, um, going back to the, the Trayvon shooting, there were a lot of hashtags there as well uh, that, oddly, you know, it's... If you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you're co- talking about, and you don't understand, the culture has changed. 68 million millennials in this country, and they are driving conversation culture online. It was scaring marketers in a way. I would just say, look before you leap. Um, and I think that's what a lot of folks do. They go, hey, you know, this is this is a great idea. Let's do it. They don't look. Yesterday, the the Cleveland Browns uh, released new uniforms for the next seven seasons, and and their hashtag with that was "We Bark Together" because the fans are the dog pound. Yep. So, all right, how bad is that hashtag? Bad. <laughs> Real bad. First of all, it's I. Forgive you if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I, I had I had to beat the Steelers fan here sitting next to me. Sixburg, <laughs> Sixburg. 
Um, and you have to understand, it's not just that I'm a Steelers fan. It's born and raised in Pittsburgh and then being an expatriate to New York, as I like to call it. Uh, but uh, we paid tax for that team for like 15 years. And people who live in Pittsburgh are still paying the Steelers tax. Um, they may not know it, but that's the sales tax was raised about a percent uh, about a decade or two ago just to pay for those new stadiums we're enjoying. Nice stadiums, though. Um but yeah, that's just a horrible ha- that's a horrible hashtag. I mean that that's almost as bad as the uh, the Patriots hashtag and campaign that got co-opted. Um, and the other thing too is that with not just hashtags, but any campaign that you're running, um, like for example, Doritos had done a flavor campaign that they had to drop and or they had to refactor because Fortune took it over, right? Okay, and I think one of the flavors that came to like the number one or two flavor was Hitler did nothing wrong. So, you know, one of the things that you have to kind of keep in mind is if you're going to do open-ended marketing that lets anybody and everybody kind of play in the game, there are going to be people who don't play nicely. Yeah, and Fortune, Achan do not play nice. Um, the Reddit communities can get especially vociferous about things mm-hmm. if you piss them off. And these may be things that, you know, you and your brand are not necessarily looking at. Um, one of the other things, uh, case in point, uh, Taylor Swift fans, Swifties out there, uh, Taylor Swift had run a campaign that was also hijacked by, by 4chan where she said she would play any high school. So 4chan mobilized their troops, and uh, the winning school was a school for the deaf. Uh, <laughs> So, so I mean, <laughs> you, you, you kind of see what this is. This is the wild west in a way out there, and you know, know your brand, know your audience, but then also know that, like, if you do these open ended things or if you don't do your research, this stupidity can happen, and it can really affect you. Um, and people won't stop talking about it for a while. I'd also say to make sure that you understand the terms of use. Of whatever network. I, uh, Why don't you talk about terms of use and terms of conditions? Well, really well, quick. Let, yeah, sure, sure. And I'll also add in there state laws of promotions mm-hmm. as well, because it all comes together in in one package of of advertising and promotion. You need to make sure that you understand what you're allowed to collect mm-hmm. from. Um, from consumers or potential consumers, what you're allowed to give away, mm-hmm. and of course, um, you know, tax issues as well. Although not not a tax attorney, but for creating a promotion, you need to make sure that there's always an alternative means of entry. If it's if we're de- dealing with the sweepstakes, yep. you need to make sure that it's not going to be. Um, forming a contract so there has to not be consideration in there and if somebody's filling out a web form for a minute or two mm-hmm. uh, or if somebody's just putting up a hashtag i mean that's not going to be considered consideration because it's it's a little bit of time but the a business should think of promotions as good things because right. despite the regulations you're collecting usernames you're collecting names sometimes email addresses sometimes phone numbers you know sometimes uh postal addresses so that you can you can keep you know, hitting your consumers time and time again over various media. Mm-hmm. So, but there are regulations, and every state has those regulations. Well, I mean, and terms of use for. I would also sure. add, you know, maybe uh, the terms of use, and then the of course the impact of say e-commerce laws from California. Uh, sure, 
Um, a couple things uh, on terms of use. You have to make sure that your permission follows the terms of use of the medium. Mm-hmm. And Facebook would be one medium. Instagram would be another medium. Twitter would be another medium. They are totally different. And how you treat the promotion is going to be different as well. Mm-hmm. For example, in order to um, neutralize any, uh, any favoritism, and, and which is a, a big state law issue, and it's not really favoritism, but to make sure everybody has the same number of entries in a promotion or in a sweepstakes. Yeah. Uh, Facebook says, if you are treating a like as either a contest entry or you know, a way to or a promotion giveaway, right. you have to treat every single like exactly the same. So in other words, you can't give your early likers for lack of a better word preferential treatment unless the promotion ends of course but you also can't give those who already like your page page less treatment when you start a new promotion so it it, it's a very balanced way of saying uh, of treating that particular um business web you know web page so so that's something that or, or facebook profile that's that's something that every business needs to think about. Exactly. So, so, so every, every single every single uh, web company has, or social media company has, a different way of doing that. But that's the, the whole data retention side. So, California passed a law about 15 years ago <laughs> that basically says, like, for example, let's say that you sign up for something, but it also includes a, a trial, right? Which a lot of stuff's happening. I mean, I uh, I try to sign up for some trial software for 15 days the other day and. Uh, I forgot to cancel it, and instead of sending me something for like X amount a month, they sent me a bill for 12 months for 600 bucks. And so I had to email their customer service and say, hey, cancel this. Now think of the ramifications of this if you're running a contest or a promotion where people are signing up with credit cards. Right. Okay. So the California Online Privacy Protection Act, or... Uh, Calapa. 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 Basically says that if you're going to have collected credit card information mm-hmm. and stored in a database, it has to be encrypted. If it's not encrypted, they and someone something happens. And I mean, look at Target last year. You know, Target Canada is out of business. FYI. Well, but that's because of supply chain issues. The supply they, chain they, issues. But tar- Target Target bought like five different brands in Canada mm-hmm. and couldn't combine the five different brands. They found that a lot of the consumers really had good feelings towards the old companies. Yep. I mean, it's a retail store, and and they didn't really um, know target and so you know and then target had the supply chain issues surprise canada is a different country with a different culture and a different way of doing things i don't know why they were surprised about that so Mm -hmm. so when you start adding up all of their particular issues from the brand problem from the supply chain problem to the data problem to the data problem you add everything up in a big in a big chunk and it wound up really being a failure yeah um, and, and one of the things that's also considered too is so let's say consider Target the Calapa, the Calapa thing they haven't been prosecuted yet, but what you do have is you have all the banks saying that they are going to file civil lawsuits against Target because really the culpability is on Target. So you know the it is now a question for are the insurers covering this? Is Target going to take a hit? Will there be a massive stock fall off? Um, and, and all of these things are being tried in the court of social media. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it's it's always going to be in the court of social media because that's how people interact today. Oz, thank you for joining me in this episode of the Law and Business Podcast. We'll be coming up soon with another. Excellent. All righty, sir. Thank you. All right. Cheers.